Talking Tesla. Talking Tesla. Tesla. I'm not sure if like my foot should be on the brake or the accelerator. Because they put rings on Elon. It must be some sort of geometrical algorithm. I don't think you need to touch the steering wheel there, Tom. Oh, I'm sure there's some math. So SpaceX, <laughs> here's the deal. Um, landing a rocket on a drone ship is key. Charger, 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 <laughs> charger. How am I expected to drive a car without autopilot? Safely. Charger, charger, charger. You know, I'm not a good parker, Tom. Yeah. I'll be the first to admit it. Yeah. I just think that this is a car company that is run by super geeks. All the other cars are going to be stupid cars compared to this car. You don't even have to I remember slide. that. You've got a Model X. I have seen the future, and it is light pole charging. No, I wouldn't call it a screw-up. Do you like your Model X? God, it's beautiful. <laughs> Hey, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Uh, did you miss me? Did anybody miss me? Did is it? Did you miss that? Oh, <laughs> nobody. And I can tell you this: uh, nobody, nobody missed that. Is hey, this we of course missed you. Ninety-three. I, I, I'm back. We haven't seen you. This show doesn't look a day over eighty-seven. <laughs> all, all nineties. We have not seen you. Do you realize that? You haven't been here for the 90s. I haven't been for the 90s. I missed the 90s. Actually, that's kind of true. Yeah. Due to some substance issues, I missed a lot of the 90s. <laughs> that's not That's not even close to being accurate. Really? What you think I just made that up? I've known about. you for a very long time, and I don't think – I think at the most, you probably took a couple of acetaminophen in the 90s. Yeah, there was a there was an ibuprofen. Uh, Although, if you take acetaminophen with four bottles of Chardonnay, it might have some negative yeah, impacts on your liver. It's I don't really know. Not the I remember you in the nineties. We were in training Slogging in the nineties in the olive view that was old. Oh wait, Back in the are day. we going down memory lane now? Let's not go there. Let's not in our but, Teslas. You know, I was just scanning the Tesla site, and damn, Tom, you are so correct. I am correct. There, if I if you look for a seventy five, can't do it. It's like stripped well you okay. can get a 75 it's a stripper yes. 75. my job is to sort of orient people because the, when i was away there was so much good that was about the so show i much. thought you guys did such a great job but there is uh, some orientation which is required so first of all <laughs> tom was talking about a revelation that he had which is blowing us away before we get to the pre-show before we get to the show he said that air suspension is now not something that you can just add on to any car. It's not an option at all in any car. It either comes on your car automatically or you can't have it. Now, And I know a lot of people – this is what's going to happen now. Here we go. All these people out there are going to start being like, you guys are idiots. You don't pay attention. You're not watching every half second for updates to the website. Yes, I'm realizing it's been on here for a couple of weeks and I haven't discussed it with these gentlemen, but it's out there. So you have to buy a package that has air suspension. You can't just build your own and then say, drop in air suspension, please, sir. So buy a Model S, seven, pick the 75D option. Or D, without the D. Or without the D 75, option. 75, yeah. No smart air suspension. What do I got to click on to get some air suspension? Uh, 100. 100, yeah. You have to buy a 100 to get air suspension. No, no. Take a step back, young gentleman. I may have been uh, away, but... 75 Teslas do not have an option for air suspension, no matter what. That is correct. What the hell has been going on since I was away? I don't I don't really understand why. They're trying to differentiate the 75 from the 100, from the 3, from the X. This is upsetting. And, and I think it comes down to they don't want necessarily to have all these different types of automobiles coming off their line, right? So now it's like... 
You get a 75, there is no air suspension. Like if, if you're putting a 75 pack, that's it. 75 pack, 75 pack. They can build the whole sled and uh, suspension together. Boom, 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 boom. No issues. And it's not an option. It's kind of a bummer. It is a huge bummer because I would say that air suspension is such an important part of uh, the drive, the car, for so many people who have driveway issues, who have other issues. So that is really – that's not just a minor tweak to the website. I consider that a big deal. But maybe a lot of people don't because they don't care about air suspension. But having had air suspension and having not had air suspension, you can't go back. My guess is that just not enough people either were paying for it because they didn't understand what it did for them or that just wasn't necessary for them. All right. Well, uh, that's the pre-show before the show. Thanks for that depression pre-show. I was going to start the show with, hey, guys, I really missed you. I thought you did a fantastic job while I was gone. In fact, to the point where I wondered where I, you know, why even come back? Why not just be a listener to the show rather than a contributor? I felt not quite the same. I thought we did a pretty good job of selecting the articles. And uh, not as good a job abstracting them out. It wasn't as funny during the statement of the people's names on the letters. Um, no. It's pretty clear that I have that part of the show down. <laughs> that That's is clear. your milieu, as it were. But I was in uh, – because people were asking. I was in Africa. I went to Kenya. went to Kenya to visit uh, some friends in Nairobi and some friends that run a little hospital. We went to the hospital. We saw some patients. It was very uh, amazing. At any point while you're in Kenya, did yes. somebody say to you, can you go home? Can oh. you go home? No, they didn't. But I do have – now, we've probably got some listeners in Nairobi. And I just want to state for the record, I didn't see a lot of Nairobi, but I can state this. Yeah. That place's freeway system, cars, Mm -hmm. pollution is absolutely horrible. It is like – Sorry, Kenya. LA in the 70s. It's like London maybe in the 18th century. They burn really cheap fuel with no catalytic (laughs) converters. There's a lot, a lot of cars and there are people who are living on the side of the roads in huts that burn coal. It is kind of oppressive in terms of the amount of pollution in Nairobi. It is terrible. Did you just compare the L.A. freeways of 1970 to the 1800s in London? Yes. As far as I can see from the pictures, there was about the same amount of pollution in uh, Shanghai today. Wow. So when I'm there and I'm driving through, I'm like, now, you, I understand why – Developing countries just burn the cheapest fuel they can because they, you know, they have to live sort of paycheck to paycheck, as it were. Uh-huh. But it's always the poorest countries and the poorest people that suffer the most from pollution because you know we can buy an electric car, we can have catalytic converters, but these people are getting cheap gas, burning it, and they are suffering the health consequences. I can tell you that. Bad. We need EVs, and we need the price of EVs not go to thirty thousand. No, no, we need these EVs to get down to ten thousand, five thousand. All right, but don't you saying. think it's an electrical infrastructure problem as well in those we countries? We need that as well. But the good thing about being in Nairobi is that uh, out of Africa, there's some famous hills. I can't remember what they're called. But uh, there's some scenes there where they're so famous hills. So you learned hills. a lot. On these famous hills, in reality, there are now a big, uh, huge amount of windmills. Nice. And in fact, in the Rift Valley in Kenya, there is lots of molten lava and stuff. And so in parts of Kenya, 100% of their energy is renewable because of uh, hydroelectrics and stuff from geothermal. geothermal. So that's exciting. I'm just saying. And then we went to Eldoret, which is where all the runners come that win uh, all the uh, Olympic marathons. Mm-hmm. And we went to the hospital there. Kenyans are amazing people. Wonderful, wonderful time there. Then... Last thing, I went on safari. Can't go to Kenya and not go on safari. Yeah. 
If you have that on your bucket list, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I can tell you right now, you have got to go to the Maasai Mara in Kenya and go on safari. It is a profound, life-changing experience. Sentinel Safaris is who I went with. They are amazing. Glam camping in these beautiful tents and the elephants and the lions and the alligators and everybody's eating each other and uh, making more little lions. It's very Everybody exciting. Everybody or everything? Every, everything. It's okay. really So it wasn't amazing. the people weren't eating each other? We're not. I don't know. I saw a lot of lions eating a lot of zebras. I'm just saying. You know, the zebras all sort of, they're out on the plains during the day and yeah. then you see them all in the evening. Sun's going down. They're like, "Uh oh, the zombies are coming," <laughs> and they all leave. Except yeah. some of them go like, "No, I'll probably be okay." Yeah. And then you go, get up the next morning at six o'clock, and you hop in your little truck and you start going out into the mar. And like, "Ooh, a couple of those guys didn't make it." Natural selection, as it were. And the lions eat so much that then they spend the next four days just going <gasps> as they're metabolizing <laughs> the zebra meat. It's like every every hunt is Thanksgiving oh, if you're a lion. It's kind of like kind of like Las Vegas when people go to the. All you can eat. Exactly. You know, smorgasbord. Would you guys like to go to the zebra buffet this evening? Oh, that sounds delicious. Oh, I can tell you much more about it. And I'll talk a little bit about London when we get to the uh, boring company. But last night, late, huge tweeting. What happened? Three tweet storm. It was a three tweet storm. We were waiting. A three. uh, Can you say that? A three three tweet. 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 Tweet storm. It's a tweet storm. No, it was a three-tweet storm. Okay. I said it the way I wanted to say it the first time. We're just you trying re- to help. Just here to help. You ridiculous lads. And Robert was, at the very same time I was putting on show notes, was putting on the exact same show notes. So, of course, I deleted his. <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> That's the power of the Google Doc. Indeed. <laughs> Uh, so the, we'd all been waiting and waiting and waiting because Elon had said, oh, Sunday, 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 it's coming. And it's like pretty getting pretty late and i'm like hey sunday's about to end there buddy and there it was model three passed all regulatory requirements for production two weeks ahead of schedule expecting to complete sn1 on friday and then it was what's serial number one what's sn1 what's sn1 it's what's sn1 and i'm like it's serial number one that's the first car it's happening I guess if it wasn't if it wasn't Twitter, he would have said zero 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 yeah, yeah. zero zero one. We would have all thought he was trying to code in binary. There is so much to unpack here. First of all, we others, many, have criticized Tesla for not being able to do anything on time. So he tweeted on time. Yes. And not if you're on the East Coast. Ah, oh. in in Nairobi, that may have been the wrong time. Yeah, uh, there's a piece of paper over there I'd like you to hand me, please. I don't know if you remember back uh, quite a long time ago, we did a bet. Uh-huh. And um, uh, there was a bet about when the first cars would come off, how many by the end of August, how many by the end of the year. Did we have a, a little bet about is there how many in July? I feel no. like. I how feel many like... cars will be delivered by August I 31st, feel... 2017? Mm. Robert won by default. I feel like that but lion listen, eating the zebra right let's, now. Let's, let me just smart, read, listen, let... smart guy. Let me read. This Come on. I know you says. wanted to call me something else. Model 3 delivery <laughs> pool, $2 buy-in. Mm-hmm. How many cars, $2 buy-in? What is wrong with <laughs> We're us? huge. Seriously. Big, big spenders. How many cars will be delivered by... August 31st, 2017. How many did you have? Uh, I had zero. What did I have, Tom? Uh, you also had zero. Yeah. Which is wah, weird. Wah, I don't know how wah. we made a bet with zero. <laughs> and, and Robert had five. So let's not let's not get on our high horse over there, Robert. 
He was uh, he was okay. at least sentient enough to realize there would be more than zero, which <laughs> is then, a binary decision. And, and then the more interesting thing, and I lost this one horribly, horribly, maybe even more horribly. By December thirty first, twenty seventeen, Mel, you had ten thousand. Thank you. We're gonna miss. You're gonna get demolished on that one. Okay. Robert fifteen thousand. He's gonna win again. And I had he? fifty. <laughs> I'm just going to give this to Robert right, right now. And assume oh hey, wait so, a minute. Wait a but second. The Fremont factory could blow up at any time. Oh, yeah. Put that down. <laughs> That's terrible, by the way. If we don't want it to. I think I'm going to take this. I'm going to go buy one of these coffees that you brought here. <laughs> you yeah. should give it a try. I so think that we could give f- you the money, Robert, but you have to give it back if something horrible happens. So that was the first tweet. And as that one came out, I said to myself, That's it. That's all we're getting. And I was like, mm, I was a little bit disappointed. And then. A few minutes later, tweet number two uh, came. Nineteen minutes exactly. Oh, nineteen minutes. But who's counting? But who, me. Go you. Handover party for first thirty customer model threes on the twenty eighth. I'm assuming that's of July. Let's yes. just throw that out. I'm I'll assuming that as well. Okay. Production grows exponentially, so August should be one hundred cars, and September above. Fifteen hundred. That I would not say, an actual number, but above fifteen hundred. So each each month we're going up an order of magnitude. If that's what an that order of magnitude is called, is. exponential growth. And I will tell you this: as Almost. soon as tweet number one came, he instantly had had about four hundred replies. I mean, it was it was coming fast and furious. And then I wrote him a tweet. Asking him what sort of configurations, colors, all that other nothing. I'm no, I know, I know Robert. No, he. I wrote him too. Yeah, yeah. And you you get a, were you a Robert? I said it would be nice if he would allow us at Talking Tesla to come and see yeah. to the event mm-hmm. and report to Talking Tesla Nation. Yeah. And other people said, "Oh, good idea, good idea." And Crickets. then I realized I'm working like. Eight shifts in four days, <laughs> right around the twenty eighth. So I'd have to send Mel, and I don't know if that would happen. I you know, would, I would uh, go in a freaking I would heartbeat. Actually, go to that because this is a pretty historic event. I, I would go get off my buttocks in a heartbeat. I'd buy my own shoddy. I'd go to the cash bar. <laughs> yeah, and re- then there was a third tweet. A third tweet. What? And then a he tweet, said, three, people, tweet, wanted three. To, they, people kept wanting to know when theirs was coming. No shock there. And then he said, looks like we can reach 20,000 Model 3 cars per month in December. Whoa. So a hundred, so I don't know, a hundred cars in August, 1,500 cars in September. He left October out, also November. It's their transitional months. And then he went straight to 20,000 a month. So I got an average of one car per day in July if they're going to deliver 30 on the 28th. Just an average. That's math. It's math. It's probably not accurate math. I got an average of three cars per day in August. Also math. Also math. Thank you very much. And then I got an average of 50 cars in September, and that bumps up to 645 cars a day by December, assuming they take some holiday time off for the for the Christmas and such. It might be actually over 700 per day. And in March of 2017, Elon said this. He was telling suppliers that he needs components for 1,000 cars a week in July. Eh, not going to need those. 2,000 a week in August, eh. not going to get to that either, and 4,000 a week in September. So 
So they're, I feel like they're a little behind, mm-hmm. but I'm still pretty stoked. Maybe this is what that warehouse east of the factory in, yeah. uh, I forgot where it was, is there to just yeah. hold all this stuff for that building that uh, sits by the Fremont 2 Supercharger. It's a big building. They've got a lot of space to store parts. I'm having a bit of an existential crisis. You exist. I do? Yeah. You sure? Well, I How exist because you know? I'm, I'm here with you and I'm existing we have been talking about the coming of the great Model 3 <laughs> for a long time. Yes. And if we were it's Mayan. happening right now. I, uh, we're very interested to see if they can ramp from one a day Uno. to Tom's math-derived <laughs> 700-ish per day by the end of the year. That would be, I don't know, a 700 uh, that's not even a 700% increase. 700,000% increase. No, 70,000. 70, a lot of increases. What is happening? Are you? He's, this is what happens when Mel tries to do live math. Live math. <laughs> this is right. live math. Yeah, this. it's a new show I'm working <laughs> on. Live Warning. math. Warning. Live math with a guy who's not so good at math. That's, are we excited? Are we amazed? Are we, no, just, this is very what? exciting. I have a question, actually. One question about the math thing. Do you do you not use math to calculate dosages based on no, people's no. kilos and things like that? Not anymore. No. Those skills are gone. Now we have a thing called a clinical pharmacist. And we say, hey, person who's actually good at math who doesn't want to kill people, <laughs> how much drug should I give that person? But that's not in the community. No, but it's no, it where isn't. I worked. Yeah. So you're doing math, I Robert. still have to do some math. <laughs> and you know what? Yeah. I feel sort of – I have math feelings for those people who've created these Model 3 mm. uh, delivery estimators mm-hmm. online. They're going to have to go in and do some serious code tweaking. I don't think so. No? Because, okay, I was, I was told around yes. October. Yes. Right? Yes. And I'm about uh, – that makes sense to be about 10,000 in. Yeah, I'm about ten thousand right. on You're the 10, list. You're ten thousand in, and I'm twenty two thousand in, and I was standing in line two hours or three hours before Turns the out thing some opened of these up. Calculators are estimates, not estimates. based on science. I had a friend last night who uh, I was telling Robert uh, we bought Leafs together when they first came out. We were both excited. Then he got depressed when I got my um, Tesla after I mm-hmm. handed back the lease. But he stood in line at two a.m. first day. And he said, do you think I'll get my car this year? This is before this tweet came out. I mm-hmm. read a party last night. And I said, I actually I think you are. I think you're probably in the first 10,000 if you stood in line and did that. You might get the car this year. And he's like, there's no way I'm seeing that car this year. Well, guess what? I think you're seeing the car you might soon. Be. Yeah. Maybe maybe September, October? I think, uh, a, a few weeks back, I did a calculation of how many SpaceX, Tesla, and Solarcity employees there are. Mm-hmm. It's it over is. twenty thousand. Yeah, but they're not all. They're not all going to get one. Right. Understood, but they also could probably reserve more than one car. Given the tweets of last night, oh, given I believe the stock market is open today. It's July third here in the United that States. Is there is a yes. big holiday tomorrow called mm-hmm. I don't know the fourth Canada Independence Day? Day. It's not Canada. Day. Let us ask Google if the stock price has done anything. Hey Google, what's Tesla's stock price today? As of 11.27 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time today, the price for Tesla stock on NASDAQ is $362.80, up 0.33% from last Friday. Not the jump that I would have expected based on the fact that they are starting production. I would have thought maybe $1,000 to $2,000 per share right now. But that – this is – it's built in. This news was built in, right? It it was built into the price because people were like, oh, it's going to happen. It's going to happen because Elon gave the – uh, what the pre-announcement to the announcement to the pre-announcement announcement, and then he made the announcement. <laughs> the announcement. 
Well, I, that is this an announcement or is this a pre? But it was. A, but again, and and my guess is some people felt like that was it was somewhat underwhelming. Like they're going to make thirty cars in July and they're going to make a hundred and fifty in August. Yeah, but if you think back when Elon first was discussing the planning and the delivery for Model 3, he said that he was going to set this like super limit that we're going to get this thing out in July, but don't expect it. Yes. He was just giving this deadline to all the suppliers to get their act together and get the parts flowing because he didn't feel like he could depend on any of or many of these suppliers because of the experience that he had with S and X. He made a big deal of that. That's why I am so impressed because he specifically said we're setting a hard internal date, July 1st, but there is no way we're going to reach that date. Right. They did. They did. And this is goes against the S and the X and everybody else that says they can't get their crap together and do anything without a two-year delay. They did it. And I'm but seeing- they said they were going to deliver on the 1st? Yeah, that was no. He said he was going to start production, start production in, July. in July. In July, okay. That was his uh, plan, and you know what? This kind of gives me a little bit of an internal chuckle. The sensation of "ha, huh, I know better," even though I should be very careful about those types of feelings, because somebody sent me on Twitter this article about Bob Lutz, yes. who's now who's now GM. a correspondent. For CNN Money. Former CEO of GM. That's right. Bob they Lutz. asked me to do that job, but I was like, I'm busy. I got a talking Tesla thing. I got a gig. It's big. Cut. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, this was from Earl on Twitter. And basically Hi, they're saying that uh, this was an article from a year ago mm-hmm. when Tesla was 196. And he says uh, Model 3 sedan will be a bust. Mm-hmm. That's in quotes. From CNBC contributor Bob Lutz. Mm. And he also thought that the company was highly overpriced at one hundred ninety six seventy seven, mm-hmm. And he expected the stock to go down, etc. Uh, so, do you think he's a shorter? So Bob, uh, when he says bust, he means absolutely huge and they won't be able to build them fast enough. And when he says stock price goes down, he means go well, up by well, two to threefold in well, a year. Well, settle down because they haven't delivered one yet. <laughs> I That's know. True. I'm getting a bit ahead of myself, but... I mean, he could still be right. He probably isn't. It could be a bust if they put all these Model 3s out and uh, then they start exploding and the wheels fall off right. three months in. So this is still very up. early days. They've reached the, some production goals. This is very exciting. But they've also made some changes to the Model S. So before you get to the Model X that I'm going to get over excited about. They've made just changes. changes They're tweaking changes. all the time. So this is on a land deck. Wow, look at that. Wow, brought that back. Fresh from Africa. Whoa. So Tesla updates its models. And so just a little tweak here, a little software and hardware updates. The Model S uh, 75, 75D, 100D are all going to go a little bit faster, as is the Model X. I won't do the numbers. A little bit faster? That's a lot faster. They're shaving sort of a second or so off the acceleration. Okay, but but, but think about what you're talking about. You're talking about for the model. Let's just talk about the model, uh, the 75, Model S, 0 to 60 times. Going down to 4.3 seconds from 5.5, that's about 20%, bro. That's not a little bit faster. When you're talking about full seconds... So you're saying this is a lot faster. I think it's a lot faster. Do you not agree? A 20% difference? Yeah, I didn't want to gloss over the fact that this isn't impressive. This is this is much faster. All of these are much faster than they were before. And I asked the question, why be they doing that? Boy, this makes sense. Wait, hold on a second. Did Nothing? Nothing about the why be they doing that? That is English. That is good. (laughs) This makes the 75 so much more attractive if you have a few more dollars. 
Unless you want smart air suspension. Well, thank you. I was going to follow up on that. Now I can not go really fast. Not everybody is all. I said unless you want smart air suspension. And the, I am the person that does. But mm. So this is about marketing. I think this is all about differentiating the Model 3 coming soon to a house near you. And the Model S and the X further differentiating. Here's another reason to get mm-hmm. it. And now they're doing this internal differentiation. You don't want to get a 75. You want to spend an extra 20 grand to get the air suspension in the Model uh, 100D. I drive a 60 on occasion. I have news for everybody. Yes. Plenty fast. Oh, <laughs> zero to 60, 60, zero to 80, to zero to I'm accidentally doing 95 on the 101. <laughs> sure. All of those are super fast. Like, no, there's no issue. There's no. It doesn't need to be faster. I appreciate that it is faster. It is unnecessary. I wonder how much this is going to affect service. So we already know that with ludicrous mode cars, when they've gone through launch mode too, quote, too many times, Tesla is actually starting to limit the acceleration, or they were, and they were saying this is because of early failure of parts and equipment. Mm-hmm. How much does this change the longevity of a 75? I don't know. I think uh, I would expect that from Tesla, maybe it doesn't make a big difference. But that concerns me. I'm I'm glad, though, for the people who can afford and will buy a 75. How many more will jump because of this? I'm curious to watch. Who yeah. buys a car based on 0 to 60 speeds? Uh, a, lot of heads. People. a lot of people. How many? What uh, percentage? Six. There's, look, there's six guys. There's 10. Probably. There's, I don't know Every car I've ever bought, I've never walked into the dealer like, excuse me, what's the 0 to 60 time on this vehicle? How about the entire, well, I shouldn't say the entire, but everybody I met from Texas, they're like, well, we don't really care about the environmental part. We like fast cars. And we're buying a Tesla because it's a fast car. So I would say no less than 30% of people. But don't they buy a lot of pickup trucks? And this that's not a it's not me being stereotypical. Like pickup trucks are not known for their 0 to 60 times. Oh, they have great torque. I we mean, my car has a lot of torque for sure. We don't know, but it is a selling point when you're All in right. a Tesla. When you get in a Tesla and you hit accelerate and people who haven't been in a Tesla they go, "Oh my god, I want one of those." First time I drove an electric car and that torque it was great. Now, how much? I don't know. For me, I love my D. It goes really fast. It's much faster than my single drive. I don't really need it. It's fun to hit the accelerator every now and then. I'm not the person that's going to go and say, I need the performance. I need to do this in 2.3 seconds. Mm-hmm. But there is a subset out there. But if you can just get it for free mm-hmm. and go really quick, that's cool. Yeah. But, Tom, you brought up a much, much more interesting deal, I believe, which is the X and the, the seats. Please, what happened? So just randomly you go to the website and uh you can now fold the center row of seats the seats that couldn't be folded that didn't need to be folded that were a work of art according to one elon musk yes you can now fold because it's just more useful again let's go back in time let me orient people if they don't know so the x was this beautiful suv i don't know if you've heard of it (laughs) and uh, when it first came out in the first renderings and the first pictures Mm -hmm. tom said hang on a minute that freaking middle row doesn't fold. And I said, Tom, you're in ignorance. You can go back in time if you want. And I made it very clear how stupid he was. Uh-huh. Who would build such a car where the middle row doesn't <laughs> Who fold? Who would? Why would they? They had these wonderful pods that sort of monopods that make the chair go up and down and they mm-hmm. can act independently. And I'm they like, Tom. Beautiful. And of course they'll also fold. And he said, dude, look at the picture, you ignorant. Turns out. They didn't fold. Turns no. out I bought one. Turns out that the single biggest problem, other than the effing wing doors, is the lack of ability for those um, ch- middle row to fold. And in fact, it takes it from an SUV, which should have a huge amount of carrying capacity, 
in the version where it doesn't fold, kind of a, can I say it, poopy amount of carrying capacity. Is it really poopy? Poopy. What is the cubic feet? Do you know? I don't know exactly, and I should have looked it up, but it's got to be like in the 30 cubic feet sort of range, maybe 40 cubic feet. But you can move those seats way forward, way but they forward. still get in the effing way when okay. you want to put big things okay. in there. But let me tell you what's happened now. All with right. the folding mm-hmm. in the seven configuration, with the folding. in the five configuration, I'm still a little confused. In the six configuration when they have the little pod between those uh-huh. two middle seats. Did that fold as well? The pod doesn't go away. The seats still fold. Does it fold flat then? No, the pod is in the, the way. The pod stays in the way. Okay, so with the seven-seat configuration, mm-hmm. you fold that thing down. You now have 88 cubic feet, which may not mean anything to you, but I can tell you that is a huge amount of carrying space. That's if you look of... at the Volvo CX90, which I think you used to have. Mm-hmm. XC90. XC? Oh. Um, that is supposed to have a lot, a lot of space. It and does. The Tesla Model X seven-seat configuration, fold down the seats, has the most carrying capacity of any SUV the, here in Los Estados. The XC90 is also a plug-in. Compare, the, <laughs> compare that with the Model uh, so you, S. Are you which, giving numbers? Mm-hmm. I'm just giving a few numbers here. With the Model S, which has a huge amount of space. A lot of space. 58 cubic feet, so the X kills that. Is that the S with a dual motor or the old single motor? I think it just is that back capacity, so it doesn't matter. I see. And then the Model 3 comes in at uh, 14, 14, which is you know, which is good for a little car. So um, this is like, if you, have so a lo- big. if you have a lot of stuff to move, the Model X would definitely be the way to go. And all the Model Xs come with smart air suspension. All of them. Yeah, yeah. that's a, it's a standard feature. Yeah. Well, there you go. Now, it's interesting. Let me just talk about the wife for a second. So uh, she said the X for a year or so. Mm-hmm. Um, she crashed it into the, the gate. Did we talk about that? Well, I think yes, I left. We yeah, we about saw that. the pictures. Okay. So, um, Sad face. I'm sure she likes you bringing it up again. The follow-up is, why did it crash? Why didn't it beep and stuff? And it turns out, for some reason, the beepy noises were turned off. For some reason. For some I don't know why. That Somebody like, probably was like, oh, these beeping noises are annoying the crap out of me. Let me see if I can turn them off. Oh, turns out I can. And you crash. And you crash. Is that like when you drive the car on the freeway and you say, okay, let's put it in lane and have it do lane assist and, and it doesn't stay in the lane. I remember that. Yeah, you remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know if all our listeners remember that. but So somebody knows we how discovered to use car some, and somebody doesn't. Yeah, you should basically, when you get the car, spend at least a half an hour, maybe even an hour in the car, yeah. learning all the things you can turn on and off, mm-hmm. because you may find yourself very uh, disappointed. Right. So you can buy the Model X in a five seat configuration. Yes. And the the five the three seats fold flat. Fold everything. And you big, can, huge. Lots of cargo area. My lots. guess is more mm-hmm. cargo area than if in the seven seat configuration because those seats are gone. Yeah. Maybe Any, I could be wrong. Uh, and then if you get the model, the six seat without the center console, those fold flat okay. and you get a lot of space plus a little bit of space in between right. the hole. It makes the middle row two seats yes. right? and you like a little airplane, but you can't. Then if you put that center console in, you couldn't access the third row seats back in there. And then you can get the, the sixth row with and without that, the middle row with, with and without that console. So a lot of room back there. And in all the configurations, the seats fold. What I want to know from your perspective yes. is how angry are you, if, if you're angry at all, and you shouldn't be, and then 
if don't they don't tell me what I should feel, Tom. If they could retrofit your vehicle, oh, oh, see if you could. Okay, because your lease, you're about a year or so into your lease. Yes. It's a three year or two, three, three year lease. I think. If you could right now call them and say, "Hey, I would love to whatever the upgrade. Let's call it three thirty five hundred dollars to switch out that middle row of seating." Mm-hmm. Would you? And then yes, a lot of questions. Here, keep John. the vehicle yes. after the lease is up. You know that 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 opportunity that you have because why get a new one? It has all the autopilot situation that you need. All right, let me unpack this for you. Ready? Mm-hmm. First of all, uh, talking to the wife, and uh, we've been like, I uh, probably wouldn't get another X because of the folding seats and the falcon wing doors. Yeah. When I told her this configuration, the seven seats and the huge amount of space, and she carries a lot of crap around, she's like, Oh, I like this car. And now I'm done. I'll get – I want that. I want the next one that has all the folding seats. So she has moved from, ah, I'm not sure, to those folding seats, done deal. Yeah. Would I pay 3500 for folding seats if I got a couple of years left? I would certainly consider it. But I would like to upgrade that X because I want more range and I want hardware 2.0. And we only have hardware 1.0. So, yes, I'm that still going to let this lease go. autopilot? Yep. Yeah. Original autopilot. It's very good. But I would let the lease go out and I'd say, take it back, Tesla, give it to somebody else. There's a slight ding in the back there. I'm not going to tell you. You're probably going to pick it up anyway. And I would get the folding seats, the seven-feet seat configuration with more range. Still got the falcon wing doors. But that's for the wife. For me, she's like, well, would you want an SUV version? I'm like, yes, but I want the Y. No falcon wing doors. Thank you. What, well, I don't know about that. I think falcon wing doors might end up on the wide. No, 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 no. Is there a wager? Do we need I, another package? Of, yeah, we should do another dollars? wager. But I have a question for you, Mel. Uh, more questions. Go. Uh, you've got to get it before the end of the year. Otherwise, you can't get supercharger for life. Does that Is that important to you? Oh. Uh, no, it's not, actually. Supercharging for life is not that important to me because I'm not traveling all the time like you. I'm the person who will be driving this occasionally a long way to go uh, do things. So, Tom, 3500 for a two-year lease. Okay, I'll give you the money. Well, I wouldn't do it then if I was you. So and if you were planning on keeping this car in the long run, that's the only reason to do to it. To do it. If, they can re- if, they're, if they're retrofittable, and I don't know that they are. I'm sure I hope, they're not. I hope that they would be. That would be – because my guess is there's a lot of people out there like you who feel like that's the downside to that vehicle. I mean as long as the seats don't fold using some sort of an electronic signal – like that they would have to have additional wires, a uh, change in the wiring harness. If it's all manual, you just click a latch. Why would that matter? The the seats already have electrical because they go forward and back. I mean, there's, well, there's but a there harness may not back there. be a way to put a signal to the seat to fold. So I'm just saying, you may be limited by the internal parts within the car. If it's a manually folding seat, I expect they probably could retrofit it. Will they? I don't know, because they probably have a hard time keeping up with their production but <sighs> just saying for me personally model y could we hurry up i oh, really want no. that Will suv stop? They, uh, he freaking, he's uh, delivering uh. the model three on friday and you're already pining about a car that a never been announced right b we don't know what it's going to be like c he said there's making a semi first Look, uh, Tom, I want to be very clear. I'm a human being, and human (laughs) beings have this ability to, no matter what you do for them, as soon as you do it, uh, I moved on and I want more. And that's why the stock hasn't had a bump today, right there, in and of itself. What what else have you done for me? I want the next Roadster, Roadster 4. 
Really? You want a roadster? I do, man. It's so fun. Hey, it's let's a lot of fun to drive. But, you know, with all of this speed upgrade and everything, mm-hmm. it might make you uh, a little more, I should say, vulnerable <laughs> to having an issue with your car. As this, this is poor, disturbing. This poor Tesla driver discovered when he was showing off his uh, ludicrous mode car and wanted to show just one more acceleration and stomped on the accelerator pedal. This comes from hybridcars.com. Uh, luckily, no one was hurt, but this fellow with a performance, uh, I think it's an 85, snapped his accelerator pedal arm. And there's a picture, we'll put it in the show notes, it's in the article, that shows this uh, performance model accelerator arm that's just snapped right where the stop on the firewall exists to keep the pedal from going all the way. You know, basically it's the point at which the pedal hits its maximum. The thing to keep the pedal from breaking. Yeah, right. (laughs) right Or or everything else. Snapped right on the So you don't push it right through the floor of the car. Yeah. And so this thing snaps off. And of course, the car has, you know, pretty significant regeneration, which you can modify. You can adjust it. But still, the car is not going anywhere without an accelerator pedal. That I've never seen a picture like that in a Hold car. Hold on a second. I'm... So your insight is that the car won't go anywhere without an accelerator pedal. That is... Wow, that, that is that is I next level. I don't think I can get a letter on that, but you can certainly <laughs> pick on that one. I don't know. There's probably a little stumpy bit left you can push on. There's a little stumpy I bit. Stuck Maybe stuck a like screwdriver a, down I would, there. I would have stuck like a wooden dowel up in there because it's hollow, right? And then you just put the two of them yeah, back together. Yeah, that's the other thing is that this thing looks like a very thin-walled... It Sort of plastic, and and the article says, you know, hey, many cars have switched, uh, have used metal or X, and and now they're switching to plastic. And I wonder how big of a deal this is with other cars. I've not seen this myself, but the owner did report it to the National Highway Transportation Safety Administration. Of course, he did. I stomped on my car accelerator as hard as I possibly could. Yeah, but you still shouldn't be able to break it. No, I mean, like you could be on old who. Pushes a thousand Have pounds. Have you ever actually driven a car? Yeah. So, like, when you drive a car, are you are you stomping it like it's an ant to try to kill the accelerator pedal, or Maybe. are you just slowly Well, the point is not the accelerator. The point is, mm-hmm. have you ever driven a car? Have you ever been in a near accident? <laughs> How much force do you put on your effing brake? Yeah. All of the force. Yeah, the so the brake, point for is, sure, yeah. if the brake snaps off like the accelerator, that's bad. Well, that's a good point right there, Dr. Herbert. Thank Look you. Did you. you like the way I Very did that? Very nicely done. Thank you. That's wow. like logic. I've had some weeks off. You, yeah. you are, uh, you're like a new man. One thing I did realize when I was away is that sometimes we get into the weeds, and I think the show's better when we keep moving. So let me show you what we're going to do. Model 3 is spotted in New Zealand. This is from Tesla We love those guys. Wow. And so the first Model 3 in outside sort of the United States, I believe, was at seen airport. at the Auckland airport. And one wonders why Auckland. But they sent it there we know long after you were there. I think they're a little slow on the uptake if they wanted to get it there before you went. So Mel. do you think like they're just following Mel around? So then we should see one in Kenya. Kenya should be coming up to- <laughs> in a year. <laughs> and people were saying, I don't know if it was you guys, were saying, well, maybe they're doing this for, you know, mm-hmm. uh, cold weather testing. Now, there's plenty of cold weather places here in North America to do yeah. testing. You don't need to go down to New Zealand. It's for Hobbit testing. 
Safety ah. of hobbits. That's so what it's about. Words, they want to make sure that the uh, autopilot recognizes the hobbits. Exactly. Uh-huh. Because it's having a problem with the kangaroos. With the so kangaroos. is there a different accelerator pedal uh, if a hobbit is driving because their feet are so it's much larger? It's huge. The yeah. accelerator pedal is huge. Yeah, because they have big feet. Yeah. They're also really short, so they have to you know, have a few phone mm-hmm. books in the car. We don't have phone books anymore, you know, Tom? We have them. We just I get go... them, and they're really small. Yeah, they're There's small. There's no way you could sit on those. And they, and they go from the the next to the mailbox and if it's trash day they go right, right into in. the blue can it's a really a great use of yeah. paper i've actually asked our guy that drops off the phone book if they could just cut out the middleman and just throw it straight <laughs> in the trash just go up the side of the house and throw it in the trash <laughs> he, they should just print them all and then drive them to the dump it's right. shameful because <laughs> i can't imagine anybody using one anymore isn't that how elon got his start they made like a online phone book that's right. Yeah, that was Whatever his first that company. Company was. Hey, Porsche has changed its mind on electric vehicles. Uh, what? This is also from. <sighs> oh, electric. That's because anybody who buys a Porsche. Let's let's go back a second. Oh, anybody, be careful. Anybody who buys a Porsche does care about zero to sixty times. What do you? They who do you do. think That's I true. am, Robert? I don't know. Tom, you know what, you got dude? Me nervous. Seriously, like what? I'm a very practical young man. But they like to hear the car as well. They well, like you can to hear fake the that. Vroom, vroom. You can put that in your little... You can. You can fake that. That's but it's easy. fake. So here's the point. Porsche Forever has been saying that you know EVs aren't going to do anything, and their mm-hmm. CEO was saying, no, this is all silly. They, there is not enough muscle in an electric mm-hmm. uh, motor to be good enough for a Porsche. And now Who they've realized... Uh, hello. Uh, who does own Porsche? Volkswagen. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, and now they've said, oh, now we get it because of the Model S and... X, that this is very fast. So their mission E is coming out soon, 2019. Mm-hmm. It's going to have, you know, it's going to be pretty fast. It's not going to be Tesla fast. They're going like, oh, we're going to aim for a 3.5, uh, 0 to 60. And just like you were saying, this is a group of people who want a super fast car. You buy a Porsche not because you can put a lot of groceries in it. You, put a, you buy a Porsche for prestige and speed. So you better hurry up. Model E better have a 0 to 60 that's better than 3.5. That is a Tesla fast. Tesla 100D, the new one, is 4. 100D 4.1. Yeah, but you're not going to compare that. You're going to compare against the performance edition. By definition, the Porsche is a performance car. How much faster is the P then? Because that's not on your list. 2.1 to 2.3. It's way faster. It's it's, uh, 33% faster. Now, the other thing they say, and we've been hearing this a lot and we will see, is Mm -hmm. that this Porsche, this one that's coming in 2019, is going to have potentially an 800-volt charging system, which will allow it to go from zero charge to 80% charge in 15 minutes, I'll see it when I believe it. I want to see the size of the cable that goes into that and car. And they'll be part of that Volkswagen California supercharging situation, right? So it's it's synergistic, right? Volkswagen is like, oh, we have to spend a billion dollars on electrical infrastructure. Let's make right. some cars that can use it. That can use it and sell them, right? Because they're they they're sort of you know they're it's Porsche, so they're sort of a, a niche car maker. They make a couple hundred thousand units a year. Isn't that amazing to you? That's true. I read that same number, like two hundred to two hundred fifty thousand Porsches mm-hmm. a year. I thought right. they made millions. So they Tesla's not much be, more than Tesla. Tesla's going to be right up there with them by this year, mm-hmm. right? They're going to be in the hundred and twenty. 130,000 range and mm-hmm. next year quite a bit more but i think that those dollars are being argued about right now in the california mm-hmm. uh either regulatory uh sphere and i don't know that there's any money that's 
you know, earmarked for a high voltage charging system. So it may or may not come to pass that they're going to take the benefit of the money they had to give up for all of the diesel emissions shenanigans. I, but I thought that was part of it, that some of it was going to be they, they could decide what they were going to put. I think and some of it could be high speed. There's a second car that they're they're planning, right? Mm-hmm. The electric Macan. And they say between the two of them, they're going to put out 60,000 electric all electric vehicles a year, which is pretty impressive for a company that was shunning electric cars. They only made the 918, which was a hybrid. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that was only like $1.2 million. Million dollars. I've got a couple of other things here that we can go through very quickly. Uh, because the other revelation I had is that there's so many stories we need to a little focus. So here's a hybrid ferry. And uh, there's some interesting things about here. So you've got your truck. Mm-hmm. You've got your cars. Yeah. You've got your semi. You've got mm-hmm. your... Why? But apparently, bus. I'm allowed to talk about it. Got your bus. You can talk these, about it. Got all these electric things. So uh, the Finlanders have got this electric ferry, Electra. It's called Electra. It's a great name. It's got two uh, 900 kilowatt engines, and they have these batteries, two 530 kilowatt hour batteries. So we're talking about 1,060 kilowatt hours. Nicely batteries. done. Thank you. Live math. And so the question I had is: This is a great ferry. It's going to be good. Mm-hmm. We're going to make. Ferry's great again. I can use that once. One more time before I do it. How far could you drive your Model 3 if you had a 1,060 kilowatt hour battery? Can somebody tell me that answer? Zero zero miles because it would would weigh like 84,000 pounds. (laughs) Mr. Carter. Please tell me. Yeah, so 1,060. Oh, I got my comma in the wrong place with a night. If you took my car, 90 kilowatt hours, your car, it would be almost 12 Model S's. And that would drive 3,500 miles. But the Model S does weigh quite a bit less than a ferry. But <laughs> the ferry has a lot less like friction to deal with because uh-huh. it's in water. But this ferry is really impressive. It carries 90 cars. The mm-hmm. ferry it's replacing carries like half as much. So they're going to be able to get rid of two other ferries and replace it with this one. And, you know, the Scandinavians really have it together when it comes to renewable energy and transportation. What's the charging situation on this ferry? Does anybody know? It must be pretty damn big. Like, does just... it charge? Does the are the because it says it has diesel backups, is that what charges it? No, I think that the uh the charging occurs as it's onloading and offloading yeah, they, cars at either port. They said when it gets into port it charges. But just just, you know, a thousand kilowatt hour battery in your Model S. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. No, be... I'm driving to New York. How many times are you gonna have to plug in? You know how you know I'm how not... I'm going to drive back and not have to plug in. So if you live in the town where the ferry docks, you know how you know the ferry is there? Your lights all dim. Hey, I I was in London. Sorry. Go go ahead. You were in London. I was in London. And, you know, uh, London is an amazing place. Uh, I just love that. It's just an incredibly fun uh, place to go because it's so easy to get around using the tube and that has implications for what Elon wants to do with digging holes but they have these taxis everywhere these iconic taxis they all look the same I didn't take one I took Uber uh, actually I didn't even take Uber I think once I took the the um, tube the whole time but the there is some testing of London cabs which are going to be fully uh, electric they're actually testing them in Arizona where it's really hot they're driving them a lot and this was just sort of to say that the electrification of the uh, London taxi is also going to occur. And I'm excited about that because um, London is such a wonderful city that used to have horrible pollution and it's much better now, Tom. Yeah, in fact, you can't drive uh, 
like most cars in the city center, they are restricted because of both traffic and pollution and noise. These cars will serve that perfectly because they'll be quiet. It's a really nice looking taxi. It's the old style black taxi with like suicide doors and it looks really comfy. And I think this is a really great move. Maybe they'll they'll spread elsewhere, maybe even they'll become autonomous. They didn't talk about that, but they're showing it off uh, at the Goodwood Festival of Speed. But if they're autonomous, you, when you get in the car, they won't be able to say, good day, governor. <laughs> That's true. Hey, in fact, where'd you like to go to? In fact, London taxi drivers have to take a really rigorous examination. It's not just any Joe can't just decide, oh, I'm going to drive a taxi. You have to really know places, routes. And I remember having a a fairly good discussion with a taxi driver in London, and he was damn serious about it and was very upset about the shared driving because he's like, these people don't know where they're driving. They're making U-turns in the middle of the wrong place. And it's really like not very British. The Uber thing. No. And so uh, I thought it was cool. I got some really good uh, – it's almost like a tour from a number of taxi drivers. Everybody and, deals with disruption in their own special you way. You know, it's interesting because they are – it is a profession. They're very proud of their taxi driving skills and as a group. But, boy, it really just shows that nobody cares. Um, <laughs> if I can take an Uber for half the price, I don't care how right. great It's all about money. And if I can get it on my app. And this is why cab companies, hello, if you're not listening, I won't tap it. You need to up your game to compete with Uber because people have said, you know, we want to be able to just get the cab on my app and I want it cheap. I don't care how professional or how efficient you are at getting me there. I just want to get there cheap. Hey, we're going to talk a lot about autonomous driving. We are. Uh, Cadillac has autonomous driving uh, challenges. Um, they're developing a system. Everybody's developing a system. The Super Cruise. So they believe that theirs is the best. They're using sort of Google Maps and front-facing cameras and military-grade GPS. But that's not that interesting to me because, you know, we're going to see. They're going to compete. Everybody's going to compete. What's interesting to me is from BBC News. Why BBC News and not Australian News? I don't know. But apparently Volvos are having some issues with their autonomous driving in Australia. Mm-hmm. Volvos have the system for large animal avoidance. As uh, they should. Your moose. Moose uh, avoidance. Your rhinoceros. Your elephant, for example. <laughs> your, your, those are those are all examples of well, very large animals. Examples of very, very large, large animals. animals. I think it was You've nailed all of those. The yeah. problem in Australia is that we have large animals called kangaroos. Very bouncy large animals. That jump around a lot into the air, <laughs> quite largely. And the Volvo uh-huh. system is having some difficulty working out if the kangaroo is flying through the air about to crash into your car. Right. Which direction is the roo flying? Is it flying uh, – is it bouncing away from the vehicle? Is it bouncing towards the vehicle? These are a lot of very difficult mathematical calculations. Evidently, if the roo is in the air, it appears much smaller. So as if it's mm-hmm. like far away and then it lands and whoa. Right. And who knows? Is it a baby roo? Is it a full-size roo? Could be a wallaby. Who's sounds, to know? It sounds like coding. This is a coding issue. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a it's a kangaroo issue is what it is. Mel, you're from Australia, aren't yes, you? I'm... Wait a minute, are you? Yes. That's weird. Thank you. So, is it worse at night? Is it like deers in the in yes. the mountains here in California? They get kind of mesmerized and transfixed with the headlights. That's exactly how it is. Um, oh. Actually, it's, and it's even worse than that. So, I bring this up just because it's a fun fact. In Australia, kangaroos are a huge collision problem. You're driving at night. And they just run in front of the car. Like, don't run to the other way. They run in front of the car like deers. And they jump. And the problem is, you know, they're big, they're muscular, and you hit them at high speed. It's a big problem. But as they jump, they'll often come through the windscreen and take Mm. out the driver and the passenger. So it's an absolutely huge deal. I didn't even know how big a deal it was. 16,000 roo strikes 
each year costing millions of dollars, said this uh, BBC article. That's a, that's a lot of Rue strikes, as it I'm, were. I'm really worried about Rue and Tigger 2. Mm. Yeah. When the relatively quiet EVs become a major transportation element, what are we going to do then? It's a problem. It's 88% of the accidents what? involving animals. Involving in animals. In the world or in Australia? In Australia. In Australia. In are there any other large animals in Australia? 6% wombat. Oh, no. 6% wallabies. 3% yeah. wombats. Wombats. And dogs. 2%. Um, rural Australia, where I grew up, is very much like rural Texas and rural America. There's a lot of roadkill. Except for the whole – we don't have a whole bunch of bouncing animals running No, around. it's a different type of roadkill. <laughs> but if, uh, if you've seen – if you go on YouTube, uh-huh. there's a lot of people that have really – you're a foodie. Yeah. They're into roadkill mm-hmm. uh, food. Yeah. And you drive down the street and you find the <laughs> yeah. roadkill and you cook it up. Super fresh armadillo. Just pull over to the side of the road and slice it up and – Good to go. Solar energy and renewables. Let's talk about the $7.5 million Kemper power plant, which has now suspended its coal gasification stuff. I would like to uh, let all the listeners know this is the part of the show where Mel is about to lose his mind. Yeah, I'm going to lose. in general. As opposed to his. About the environment. So be prepared. Ready? Thanks, Tom, for that heads up. Um, You should uh, fast forward about (laughs) two minutes right now. So this is from Aris Technica. And this is talking about this big gasification plant, which was uh, the gas and oil industry is like, we're going to make clean coal and it's all going to be good. And I just want to say a few things here. First of all, clean coal does not exist. Clean coal is absolute bull. When you hear people say clean coal, that's called lying. And I say that knowing that people like uh, George Bush, people like uh, Barack Obama, people like uh, others have said, clean coal, (laughs) clean coal, clean coal. Clean coal does not exist. So what this plant was supposed to do is as the coal is – as the CO2 is spewing out of the coal plant that they would sequester this uh, CO2 Mm -hmm. and somehow magically make it go away. The plan with this plant was to magically make it go away, take that CO2, push it down into a hole and push up oil. And so clean coal, can I just say, is this thing on? Oh, no. It happened Across again. the world, there are currently in full production zero clean coal plants in the world. Clean coal does not exist. Wait, coal there's not, there's not dirty. one? There is not one. There's lots of little test ones. Okay. But in full production out there, sucking all the CO2 off the dirty coal and magically making it disappear so it doesn't go into the environment, there are approximately, let me just check, zero Clean coal plants. And just to clarify for people, they weren't using the coal directly to fire this plant. They were going they were using a chemical process to yes. break down the coal into syngas, which they were then going to pump into and use as if it was like using natural gas to fire a plant and take that the emissions from that and put those underground to increase the pressure to allow the oil to come up. And they have noticed time after time after time when they do things like this, uh, the CO2 is not being sequestered. Uh, so they're, they're taking a fossil fuel, adding a chemical to it, putting it in the ground to get another fossil fuel out of it. And and letting the CO2 is leaking as Are well. you saying that that clean coal plant, which now is uh, sort of defunct because uh, natural gas is cheaper, it yeah. wasn't at all clean? No, what I'm saying is, is this thing yeah, on? no, it's not. It wasn't clean, but I was giving you an example of exactly what they are doing. They're not firing the coal directly. Thank you. 
And uh, our federal government, if you're a person who wants to sort of increase the efficiency of our federal government, has Mm -hmm. financed this to the tune of billions. It's a $7.5 billion power plant. Yeah, but they got like some number. I know the government most recently gave $3.3 billion to subsidize, quote, clean coal technology. But that... That's subsidies that have been flowing for years. So the total, I don't know, but it's enormous. Let me go on and just say this. Um, natural gas is much cleaner, but it still produces a lot of CO2. Photovoltaic panels, wind turbines, uh, their overall lifetime um, dirtiness is infinite compared to these uh, gas plants, to these coal plants. And remember that coal also produces sulfur dioxide, nitrogen dioxide, particulates, mercury. If you go to other countries where they burn a lot of coal and they have a lot of fossil fuels, you'll realize again, we have to move to renewables for so many reasons, and it is the breathing hazard as much as anything else. Am I clear? There's no such thing as clean coal. Stop it, politicians, even left-wing politicians. Stop using that BS term. I wonder if maybe the three of us are a little more sensitive to this because we drive in and out of the basin, which is known as the San Fernando Valley, and see the, the thick brown layer that develops many days every week and realize that this is all emissions from vehicles. Uh, There aren't that many power plants here that burn anything other than natural gas, but it just, it looks bad. It smells bad on days. It's hard to breathe on many days. It's just bad. And There's it's, a lot less of them than when I was a kid, but they're still That's true, but there. still, I mean, all it's, we need is more, all we need is more non-emission energy. And from an economic standpoint, this plant was five years late and $4 billion over budget. So it was a $7.5 billion plant that was $4 billion over budget because comes up. Yes. And like out. problems. Uh, let's do another study really quickly, which is just about, uh, it's kind of a duh article. There's a study from Duke saying that if your solar panels get dirty, they don't work very well. In some parts of the world where there's a lot of burning coal, a lot of dust, you can really drop the efficiency of your solar panels. For like, example, in India, yeah. 50% reduction in the output of the solar panels. That's a lot. At my house in Los Angeles, a lot of particulates, a lot of dirt. My panels get really dirty. I get up there about once a month and clean them off, and I can have at least a 25% increase in efficiency. They say that doesn't mean get anal retentive and go up and use lots of resources and wash your panels every five minutes. But remember that washing your panels if you're in a place where it doesn't rain or there's snow is probably a good idea. The exact timing of that, I'm not sure. One of you found a spectacular video of solar panels in Saudi Arabia, where it's really dusty. Mm-hmm. How do they clean this? They use like this air jet system, right? And they, they build it when they're building the big panel for the for the big uh, utility Array. scale arrays. They can put this thing and then it'll just automatically go across them and, and blow bursts of air and across. It nice, uses no water. It's nice. called nomaddesertsolar.com. You can watch a video. It's got a nice brush, kind of a yeah. soft brush. And it too is solar powered. I saw that. So the solar brush blowy thing is solar powered. It's is it being cool. powered ind- independently or it's it being powered by like the it. array? It has its own little solar panel at the top of this long brush-like that. thing. And uh, it's a great idea. There's cool. there's another guy, a company that makes a uh, water-based solar panel washer. But obviously that's not a good idea in places like Saudi Arabia or Southern California. And one of the comments on this Clean Technica article, somebody said something about, uh, where's my solar Roomba? 
Because that would be perfect. Right. You get a little Roomba that just like it's tiny. And once a week, it, it goes about its business going uh, over your your solar panels. It sucks itself on there and uses no water. Or, yeah, or maybe it just has legs and can walk around on your roof because yeah. some of us don't have our solar panels in one single spot or right. array. They're kind of spread about and wonder if, you know, you could get something like that. Somebody, I bet, is maybe working on that drone, right now. could fly from panel to panel. And thinking about all of the... The sort of like stuff that lands on your solar roofs. Mm-hmm. This brings me to why I hate leaf blowers. Thank you. Please rant against the the man, the man, the leaf blower man. You know, in Los Angeles, leaf blowers are not allowed. Yeah, they're illegal and they're everywhere. They are everywhere. Nobody enforces this. I live in a non-Los Angeles city, and note, you know, when I used to work a lot of night shifts, invariantly I would come home exhausted. Up, like not a happy person trying to get some sleep. I'd lay my head down on the pillow. I'd put in some earplugs just for good measure. And what would I hear through the earplugs, through the closed windows, the leaf blowers blowing and blowing and blowing. And it turns out if you ever watch somebody with a leaf blower, they blow not only leaves, but a lot of dust and a lot of junk and stuff, little bits that fall on the ground through the sky from the cars. And that stuff gets blown up into the sky again Mm -hmm. and creates more air pollution. And typically what they do is like, let's say you have a gardener. They blow your leaves onto your neighbor's (laughs) yard. And then the next day when the neighbor's gardener comes, he blows them back over onto your yard. It is a Monty Python sketched, which is going on here in Los Angeles. I don't know if it's mostly L.A. Is it other places? But it is ridiculous. Yeah. So if you have a leaf blower, it's probably powered by a two-stroke engine. And to put this into perspective, a two-stroke engine is a very inefficient burner of fuel. It has to have oil added to it because it lacks a lubrication system. And a very, you know, reliable website, Edmunds, actually put a two-stroke leaf blower up against a Ford F-150 Raptor. That's a 6,000-pound beast beast of a truck. And they said, who puts out more hydrocarbons? It was the leaf blower, like almost 300 times the hydrocarbon output of a pickup truck and 93 times uh, the hydrocarbon output of a nice sedan. So if you're using a leaf blower, please replace it with an electric leaf blower. And and the other part about that is, right, if you use a leaf blower professionally— Yes. You're using it for five, six hours a day. Yeah. Most people aren't driving their Raptor for five or six hours a day. They're driving it for an hour to work, letting it sit there all day, driving it for an hour back. So so. so the guy with the leaf blower is producing as much hydrocarbons as, I don't know, hundreds of cars. Maybe the city should – maybe cities should help uh, people who are gardening professionally uh, reduce their hydrocarbons by replacing – having a program – you know, like leaf blowers for for cash or whatever. This kind of uh, this article, I've been thinking about this for a, a long time, and this article uh, sort of is the nail in the coffin uh, for the guy that does my lawn and has his leaf blower. I've been thinking for a long time, I should just buy that guy an electric leaf blower. And, and a when long you're at my extension house, cord. You can use it at my place. And actually just chuck it in your truck and use it at other people's houses as well. And you know what you should also do with your electric leaf blower? Turn it into a vacuum cleaner. Stop blowing that crap around and suck it up. Oh, I see what you're saying, but still, even yeah. in the sucking of sucking up of it, it you should use the electric. You should blower. absolutely use an electric version. Hey, let's do supercharger update, and I challenge you to do this, Robert. Yes, let us do it fast. How fast? 
Really Super quick, fast. and you, uh, we really like to sort of talk about where these places are and how nice they are, and it turns into a travelogue, which is fine, but you have to now choose one place you're going to tell us about in terms of which is pretty and nice, and the rest you have to do very quickly. Well, so we have a bunch of new. Oh, my God. Bunch of new. Can I say it again? Bunch of new. Uh, seven new superchargers. There's only a couple of them in the U.S. Should I be like European-centric or U.S.-centric? I would do what it. Do you think? I would say like there's 17 new ones in Europe and none near me. Yeah. Well, there aren't any near us, but Arlington, Washington, and Dows, Iowa. Dows is a tiny little town. It actually has more people in it back in 1900 than it does now, 511. And so it's uh, between Des Moines and Minneapolis. They've opened up. It's a good travel spot. There's a bunch of other in uh, Belgium, a couple in Norway. A couple, uh, there's another one in Sweden and Austria. There's seven that went into construction this week, including, get this. Wait for it. Burbank Town Center. Hello, near us. So that's all that matters. That's, so that's different than the service center, Correct. Correct. Hmm. Yeah. And five more went into permit status. Uh, how's that? That's great. That's exactly how I want it. I think the real point is now they're, they're putting in so many superchargers now that we knew this would happen to this segment, and I'm so happy. There's a lot of superchargers being put in. I'm very excited. I have a question, though. Go. These Norwegian superchargers that are in small towns with like 800 people in them, and they're not really on major travel routes, I wonder if we could consider those like mini metro chargers. I think that's what's happening. It turns out also, I think, Robert, you put this in here, which is uh, there's a a radio station here, uh, KPCC, which has a little tiny story about, you know, electric cars are really popular in California, but infrastructure is a problem 40% of people live in apartments. Let's listen to the audio. The reasons why people don't buy electric cars have changed over time. Ethan Alkind is a researcher with the UCLA and Berkeley Law Schools. Well, I think originally the barrier was the expense of the cars, and I think that barrier is largely getting solved. Today, some new electric cars cost less than $30,000 after incentives. Now, Alkind says, figuring out where to charge is a bigger problem especially for the 40% of Californians who live in multi-unit apartment buildings and may not have a parking spot. But Elkine says incentives can bring down the costs of installing chargers at work, and utilities could restructure their rates to make commercial electricity prices cheaper. There could also be public charging plazas where apartment dwellers could leave their cars parked overnight. Covering the environment, I'm Emily Guerin. So that's why you need metro charges. I yes. didn't realize that 40% of people who live in the LA area live in apartment buildings. Did and you know that? Yes. It's, and it's the paradigm. <laughs> you take your empty car to the filling station. We so talk whether, about that all the time. Whether or not you fill it with gasoline, diesel, or electricity, that's why I believe the supercharger stations are very important. And it turns out that Tesla is not only putting a sort of like they're helping uh, destinations put in destination chargers. Turns out Tesla's actually also putting in standard Clipper Creek J1772 chargers at many of these sites. So Tesla's really trying to push this forward, but all the other freeloaders like General Motors and et cetera, et cetera, are not putting money into, I mean, VW is, but not willingly. They're putting relying money, on private companies. Right. They're, they're relying, well, yeah. ChargePoint, you know, companies that are trying to 
to make money building out this infrastructure. They're just so far behind now. Let me jump a little bit and then talk about something that I was interested in. And then uh, it looks like Robert has added or some one of you has added a lot of information, which is a couple of weeks ago you were talking and one of the letters was about, you know, this infrastructure thing and electricity. And, hey, look, there are power outlets everywhere. You've got infrastructure. What are you doing? Just mm. plug in. Then I was thinking, you know, I saw a few weeks ago this adapter where you take two power outlets. Because if you try and power your Tesla, for example, from a here in the United States, a 110-volt plug, you only get about three miles of range per hour of charge. It's really pretty slow. Yeah. might be okay for an overnight, and you can get 30, 40 miles. But this little adapter said you take two of these outlets, you plug them together, and you make this box, and then you plug that in, and now you get twice the amount of speed. And I thought this would be great. That's the quick 220 power supply. Well, I'm not sure which one it was. I was just looking at the concept. Okay. So then I went on the Tesla forums and a whole bunch of people said, wait a second, wait a second. These are potentially very dangerous because if they're not done correctly, what you do is end up pulling a lot of amps from that sort of circuit and this can heat up the wires and there have actually been a number of sort of fires or near fires from people trying to do this. So I thought I was going to say, don't do this. These are bad. But you followed up with somebody who actually knows what they're talking about saying, hang on, the story is a little bit more complicated than that. Yeah, it's considerably more. This is Tony Williams from Quick Charge Power. Tony gave us our J1772 extension cords. And I thought to throw uh, an email quick to him yesterday as I was reading through this to ask him what his opinion was. And he basically said, no, Uh, this device, which basically takes 210 volt circuits not outlets, but circuits. Separate circuits. Separate, Separate. circuits. So not words, at the same plug. Right. So if you turned okay. off your if you turned off your circuit breaker to plug A, plug B would not be affected. So this is drawing power from two separate circuits. In those two separate circuits, you have a phased uh, electricity. In other words, it's a sine wave. If you can get those two circuits such that the sine waves are in opposite direction, you can create 220 volts. And then you can charge your car with more electron push. 240. So you, Sorry. 240, 220. It depends you know, on the quality of the electricity you get. Okay. And you can charge your car then twice as fast or nearly twice as fast. But there are issues. You have to have thick enough cables. You have to choose the right outlets. You can't just put the two plugs from this device into the same outlet. Which is what everybody would do because it's right there. This is sort of like when I was a kid, I was fascinated with matches. And I wanted to play with matches and see what matches could light on fire. And so I needed to have someone teach me how to be safe with matches. That's why I became a Boy Scout. Mm -hmm. Now we need somebody to help us learn how to be safe with electricity when we start pulling some serious electrons out of the circuits. And so this can be used at RV parks. There's different versions. I suggest that if you're going to use a device like this, you do a little learning first. Right. So I think that's a really good point. And thank you for doing that email. That really helps. So if you're like me and you're stupid and you don't know electricity and you thought, I'll just plug this into two outlets and magically I'll get twice the speed, that is potentially dangerous. You have to do it on two separate circuits. So there's some homework you have to do on this. It might be appropriate for some people who don't want to put in an expensive charger. But don't just go do this willy-nilly because it is potentially a little dangerous. You'd be better served, to be honest, to get an electrician out if you have the space and you're and you can do it put a larger breaker into the single outlet that's closest to where you want to charge your car and turn that into its own 240 that would be right. the better move and you have to get plug adapters for that i think for the tesla nation this is less of an issue because tesla has built into the the umc the charger brick 
some sophisticated, you know, it can tell which plug you've put on the end of your charge cord, and it will limit the amount of electricity it draws to prevent these problems. But other electric vehicles, not so much. And so if you have a volt, if you have a leaf, and you're going to try and juice up the charging rate, I would be careful. Uh, I'm sure you could contact any one of these companies that sell accessories for improving your charging, but do some homework first, please. SpaceX. Okay, so uh, a couple of things happened. First of all, Rob, what happened at around 4 a.m. this morning? The first dragon that has been reused landed back home uh, with some uh, scientific material in it. Uh, that space is a, poop. Uh, thank you, Tom. Uh, that is a scientific <laughs> term for poopy. They brought the poopy back from the space station, and it landed. And this is the first time that's been reused. That's right. The Twice first the reused dragon. For half the money. That's right. Now, the question is, how many reuse are they going to go until they stop painting them fresh for the next launch? And now uh, we had a launch which was planned for yesterday, yes. Sunday, they stopped the launch for reasons that are still a little At bit unclear. T minus nine seconds. That is to the wire. And yeah. they're going to redo it today, our time, Monday, July 3rd, and sometimes they, in the afternoon. If they can, yeah. At 4.57 Pacific Daylight Time, they have a 58-minute launch window. And if they can get this thing up, that would be three launches in just over 10 days, which is really almost a record. Now, explain to me this part. Yeah. There is no legs, no titanium waffle fins. Is this going to get relanded or is no. it just going away because this is, this is the heavy, heavy, heavy load? This is the heaviest spacecraft ever launched by a Falcon 9. They're going to use up every last molecule of fuel, both in in stage one and stage two. The satellite itself has a lot of, uh, has a bunch of engines and fuel on it. It can adjust itself and it's meant to stay up for like 15 years. But if SpaceX can get it higher up and they're shooting for the highest geostationary orbit they can get, that will increase the length of the time that this uh, satellite will be working. So they're under a great deal of pressure for this, but no, they are not going to retrieve the Falcon 9, it is going to burn up on the way down. Um, I wanted to talk very quickly about the fact that Elon last week was tweeting about the Hyperloop, the hole is dug, they're sort of, they're really moving this along to the, the next phase. The boring. Oh, sort of the boring company, not the right. Hyperloop. Um, and when I was in London, again, using the London Underground a lot, which really is a remarkable engineering feat, it shows that you can have a big city with tens of millions of people and you can get around without cars really easily by going underground instead of going overground. I'm going to talk more about it. I want to do a whole um, sort of uh, going zero on how they built the London Underground and how efficient it is. But it is pretty cool if you've never been to London. You should go check out the London Underground. Obviously, there are other places around the world with great underground systems, but that's the one I know. I wonder what it's going to be like if you're in your Model S or your X and you're going down the elevator to the on a sled to get on the boring tunnel tunnel. I wonder what it's going to be like for your ears. Because when I sit in the tube and I wait for the next train to come, my ears pop as the tube come or the, the train comes down the tube because it's pretty tight fit in there and the air pressure is pretty remarkable. And they actually uh, sent out some photos of the elevator, the car elevator. Yeah, the sled yes. elevator thing mm -hmm. is like this is actually moving along. This may be a 1% or 2% project for Elon, but it is actually moving along. The interns straight out of uh, college are doing very well. He's going to put one elevator near his office in SpaceX, mm -hmm. a tunnel, 
Yes. And another elevator at a parking spot at LAX. And call it done. And walk away. <laughs> no, and then it's going to go to Culver City, and then it's going to go to Westwood. Tom doesn't think that's I bet happening. he doesn't even fly out of LAX. <laughs> you know, uh, no, why would he? To talk about London again, so Heathrow, one of the busiest airports in the world, is one of the top three or four busiest airports in the world. So we get off at Heathrow, and uh, we walk down the stairs, and guess what we hop on? The tube. And we go zing into central London, off at Paddington Station, mm-hmm. and then uh, we stay at the hotel right there. It's like being in, I don't so know, cool. Chicago. Did you see the bear? Did I do the same thing? Yes. The there's, a, there's a train in the Chicago. I live in Los Angeles, and you don't go from LAX to my house on the tube. You go in the traffic for hours. Yeah, Washington doesn't work that way either. You have to take this really lame bus that sometimes doesn't even run, or it's full. You could get uh, from my house to LAX... Uh, on a subway, but you would have to go about 30 miles out of your way. It's mm-hmm. a bit Because you upsetting. would have to take the green line to the blue line to the red line, and then I'd have to get on a bus. Or I can take the flyaway, which is a single bus. Now, Tom, you've been very against the app uh, of the week, and um, what? I find that's, up- that's upsetting to me. I'm against it? Yeah, I'm uh, not doing it. That- that's what I mean by against it. <laughs> And I don't have one this week, but I have been uh, watching some media, and the media that I've been watching is called, I don't know, most people probably don't know about this, it's a little thing called Game of Thrones. Uh-huh. Oh, I want to check that show I'm out. in season one, mm-hmm. and oh, yeah. uh, there is a lot of violence and sex, so uh, it's pretty fun. Okay. Cool. <laughs> but not for the kids. <laughs> yeah, but now I it's on season I watched a lot of really like... cool media, but whatever. What, well, what did you watch? Which no. was good. That's all. We no. just want to know. Mm-hmm. The world wants to know no. what Tom listens Robert, to. Robert, what, what what's your <sighs> app and media pick of the day? I watched an old movie the other night, Coming Home. That's a good movie. Yeah, with Jane Fonda and John Voight. It was mm. a pretty remarkable movie. Sad. That's a very good movie. It makes me think about what we've been doing in Afghanistan, and we won't get into it. Hey, let's do some letters. Martin Minahan. Minahan. Thank you. Got it wrong. <laughs> uh, Model 3 in New Zealand. Actually, uh, Martin, who is an anesthetist or anesthesiologist, depending on where you're from, said, uh, you know, here's a, a Model 3 in New Zealand. We did that. Thank you very much. I did that at work. One of the anesthesiologists came down because mm-hmm. there was a case and, and they needed to be involved. And I said, thank you. I, had, I don't typically have an anesthetist here in the emergency room. And he looked at me really puzzled. Like, what are you, where are you an from? An anesthetist? Hey, uh, John Ford wants to give us a hard time and say, Robert, you did some unscientific <laughs> anecdotes about global warming and he wanted to hold your feet to the fire. And <laughs> I agree with John. I am really do not enjoy people both sides. It's a hot day. Oh, it's global warming. Oh, look, there's ice out, uh, so it must be no global warming. So this idea that anecdotally, uh, depending on what today's weather is, you decide if there is or isn't global warming is kind of silly. What we should really care about is data and trends and ocean temperatures Mm -hmm. and satellites and science, which says overwhelmingly uh, that this is occurring. So thank Mm -hmm. you, John, for holding your to the fire. a lovely letter from the New York Times in 1994 about the hottest days ever. So, you know, hot then, hot now. Getting hotter. Getting hotter. Not, getting but colder. But not because it's hot matter. today. It could be getting hotter in some places. It could be getting colder in other places. That's why they call it climate change. <laughs> Keith Lang uh, says this. U.S. coal-fired power plants churn out more than 100 billion tons of coal ash a year. And he links us to an article where there's this little community 
and you burn up coal and there's all this ash and crap that's left over. What are you mm-hmm. going to do with it? You're going to find some little community, hopefully uh, where they won't notice that you're going to dump tons <laughs> of this stuff with mercury and arsenic and bad uh-huh. enough. And, you know, if the kids you know, come out looking a little weird, it's not my problem. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This little community said, I don't think so. And I just wanted to remind people mm-hmm. that the burning of coal hurts you when you breathe in the particulates. The burning mm-hmm. of coal hurts you when you increase the CO2 that goes into the environment and we can't sequester that anymore. And the burning of coal is really bad when you take the coal ash and you dump it. And for a long time, they were dumping it in streams, which would then go down and pollute lots of people and they would get sick. And unfortunately, I don't like to be political, but guess what the EPA did? Guess what uh, a recent president did? They made it easier for us to go back in time to dump this crap into rivers and other places. This is not the way forward. It's simple. Think about the environment like you're in kindergarten and your teachers taught you ABC. Anything but coal. Ha, ha, ha. Okay. Andy McClapp. I was just going to say it was Jessup, Georgia. Just for people to know, give them a little bit of... uh, Good on them. They said, not in my back garden. Thank you very much. This is another reason, and Elon has said this before. Renewable energy, by definition, has to occur because this is a finite resource for a number of reasons. So let's just keep moving this forward. Please stop going back to the old way of doing things. Andy McLeod says, look, Robert... Tom, well, I wasn't there. I didn't get to screw this up. Oopsie. Apparently, there's flat places in this place called the United States. There are, yeah. And you thought Texas and Oklahoma was a result of glaciation. And uh, Andy says, I don't think so, and gives you some links to some geography things, mm-hmm. geology Bust stuff. some knowledge in your head. And so I guess it's not from glaciers, but from what, old inland lakes and seas and stuff? Mm. Sure. All these other things make things flat. There's other ways for flattening out large swaths of of land masses. You didn't uh, complete your uh, at-home geology courses? No. I I mean, hopefully Andy and others, as they listen to this show, realize sometimes we make (laughs) mistakes. And Andy and others hold us to the fire, and we like that. Let us move on to Cody Hwimtchanachnur. Wow, this one's not even actually very difficult. Will it's Nauer. Cody actually, Will Nauer. He put it down the bottom. Thanks, Cody. Will Nauer. Yeah. But it was more fun trying Cody to do it myself. Cody with a K, or is it Cody with a C? I don't know. It's hard to know. And he's like, Tesla satellite internet, please. So I guess mm-hmm. uh, we've been talking about this recently. And then he talks we about were. where he is that he has crappy and slow internet that's very expensive. Hard. And, you know, we've talked a bit about this SpaceX mm-hmm. putting up satellites and Google's doing it. And it's kind of boring. Like, yeah, everybody's talking about doing this and it's down the road. But let me just go over SpaceX's plan just very quickly for you because I think it's – if they can do this, it's unbelievable. Yes. SpaceX plans over 4,400 satellites, little satellites. They pop them up there and they put them in an orbit that's much lower, which reduces the first biggest problem with satellite internet, which is latency. I had HughesNet, which is the sort of one of the first ones that came out in the United States. I had it 20 years ago. These satellites are way out there, and the ping to the satellite and back, even though light's very fast, results in really long delays. I click on the website, I smoke a cigarette, I eat a Vegemite sandwich, I go to the bathroom, I come back, and then it loads. These uh, SpaceX satellites reduce that ping, that latency, to 25 milliseconds from what the current satellites are, around 600 milliseconds. Doesn't sound like a lot. It actually turns out to really be a lot. It's a pain. And the speed of these, the internet access for people, they say is going to be at one gigabyte per second per user. 
And they're going to have these pretty much all over the country. When they get 800 satellites, they can do most of the U.S. and the world. Yeah. When they get 4,000, they can do the entire planet at about a gigabyte per second at low latency. That is huge. So that means Partially you can... funded by Google and Fidelity Investments, one of the big investment firms here. So that means you can watch Game of Thrones while you're out on your kayak in the middle of the Pacific. Well, what it, it also That'd means that cool. you won't necessarily be reliant on your cellular data plans either. No, you'll be reliant on the Tesla data plan. Oh, I wonder fine. how much this will cost. This is a huge boon for uh, developing countries and for rural areas. Mm -hmm. If they can pull this off, it's still mind-blowing to me that they could have this amount of data transfer right. for that many people at that speed. Hmm. So and we'll is, see. I think this is one of the reasons why SpaceX had announced like a year ago that they were going to get into the satellite building network. So again, this vertical integration, not only will they launch stuff into space, but now because they're able to reuse their components, they can do it more inexpensively and they're going to start building satellites. This may be one of the main reasons that they're going that way. Of course, this enables the Tesla music service, which is so important to Tom. <laughs> yeah, that was a great discussion. <laughs> All you need is Taylor Swift, Tom. I don't know what the discussion's about. <laughs> <laughs> Ian McKinnon says, look, uh, you talked about the Queen, and the Queen came out with all these green things that they're going to do. Uh -huh. and it's like, uh, that's not how it works. What happens is that the, the Parliament and those guys get together, and they decide what they're going to do. And the Queen says, and here's what our government is going to do. It's not actually the Queen. She's sitting back there rolling her own, but she's, smoking cigarettes. She's not doing any of this stuff. But she's list. She read it. She's approving it. Like, she's still the sovereign. You know what's I, amazing? What? The Queen is still the sovereign of Australia. Yeah. We're still not a republic. Uh, they've voted for it many times. But if the Queen wants to dissolve the Australian government, she can and did in the 1970s. As Ooh. she should be able to. Why not? What yeah. are you people doing over there? I mean, they're Everybody, yelling. There's kangaroos running rampant. rampant you, probably have Volvos. you probably have an MP that's a kangaroo. You don't even know it. Yeah, well, they're talking about witches and all it's kinds true. of nastiness. You got the beautiful Great Barrier Reef. Not for long. Man, yeah. You'll have it. For, for a little while, a couple there. of weeks. Maybe they can spray paint it and recolor oh, it. Oh, terrible, really? Terrible. Yeah, well, wow. if it's bleached. I think this is great. The queen is a, an example, a, a, a person that many, many, many people look up to. And if she right. is green, that gives many more people mm -hmm. the urge to be green. And I'm all for it. She could have just looked at what the parliament gave her and said, I'm not reading this at all. It's not happening. But she didn't. She read it. She was cool with it. Right, so she's green in as much as that she'll read statements that are green. She okay, decided great. to only light uh, eight of the 32 fireplaces in Buckingham Palace at any given time. Hey, are, are there solar panels at Buckingham Palace? They, uh, I was actually walked past Buckingham Palace. So they, it is an incredibly old and inefficient building. They're trying to retrofit to the tune of large sums of cash and put solar panels and stuff up there. So they're trying. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, um, I'm back. You're back. Um, we missed you. I, I really had a good time. I thought the boys did such a fantastic job. And uh, my role now is to sort of tweak Talking Tesla because I had some time off. And I thought, oh, there's some great things. There's some things we can do better. And one of them is, let's keep it moving along. And I tried to move along. And now you're all going to be mad at me. I'm like, why does Mel keep moving along? Why isn't, the hour, why isn't the show four hours long? Why isn't the show four hours long? Because that's too long. Time. Oh, that's too long. I and for it. the Patreon people, I've got to say, I sorry I took this week off because I was so jet-lagged I couldn't do it. But I'm going to double down. I'm going to make the Patreon stuff even better. Two. Going zero is going to be better. It's all going to be better. Everything's going to be okay. It's all going to be Better the and the model three is getting oh, so close. Yeah, it's only a couple shows away. What color are you getting yours in, Tom? Uh, Blanco. 
or I whatever think color. I was going to say, what if they only had some <laughs> leftover blues or reds? Or I, I hope that. I honestly, I really hope that's not the case. Yeah. But okay, whatever. Blue, hey, red. Can we- can we go back? This, you know, they're doing this. Is there an event yet? Has he said an this event sh- this yet? This show's not Just over yet. Just the 28th. Just the, the 28th. 28th. The That's 28th. when they give it to the first 100 people? 30. First you should really people? pay attention to the beginning of the show. I know, but is show. that was that like an event or is that like closed yeah. doors? Are the it's not been media going to be there? He doesn't, he doesn't know. I asked for an invite. We said. So you. it'll be probably they'll be delivering, if there is a signature edition, right? They'll be delivering those signature editions. Yeah, it'll just be the plain Jane edition. So do you think it's just going to be... Like the first guy in line at the first 30 store. So did you talk well, to the guy they... who was first in line at your store? Mm, no. Aren't these going to the employees? These are going to go to employees. So I'm pretty darn sure that this is going to be like the Model S uh, delivery where they rolled one car up in front of a whole bunch of enthusiastic employees <laughs> and some guy who was like uh, an investor in Tesla bought the first S or the second S. I think Elon has the first. And so this one, they're going to have a group of employees. They're going to roll up the first S and he's going to go, Joe Smith. And Joe Smith is going to jump like, you know, it's the price is right out of the audience and get into his car. And then a Nina Jones. And and so they're going to bring these people up. It's going to be a kumbaya moment. We're all going to continue to salivate and probably only watch it on a webcam. You don't think that Elon's getting SN1? No. J.B. Strobel? He said he's not driving it. He's driving the S. Yeah. No. I think it's going to like engineer types and hmm. solar city installers. And it's going to the people. This is the people's car. And uh, speaking of car. solar city, uh, waiting for them to call me back to get uh, solar installed. Yeah. Here the Delayed. Not going to happen Delayed, this month. Delayed uh, July 4th weekend. Not going to happen. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, uh, Tung Tesla 93 is in the can. Talk to you next week. Adios. Hey, I said adios. Oh, jinx. Boom. Talking Tesla is a production of Fully Boo Incorporated. Hosted by Mel Herbert, Tom Wolfson, and Robert Rosenberg. Edited by Eliza Jane Barnes. And produced by CC Herbert and Mel Herbert. To support Talking Tesla, go to patreon.com forward slash talking Tesla. To find our referral codes, go to talkingtesla.net forward slash about. And finally, if you love the show, go write us a review on iTunes.